0: Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you to Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to spend it with me. Hope and pray you're having a fantastic day. You got you a great cup of Joe, and you're ready to go. Have you ever wondered who the 12 disciples were that Jesus chose? The 12 people that he chose to walk with him on his ministry. It's something that's always intrigued me. And so for today's episode and maybe some additional episodes, I want to look at the lives of the 12 apostles. Now, I will say there will be additional people that I'll speak about um, that came in later on in the ministry um, and the reasons they came in. So the twelve apostles also referred as the twelve disciples, or simply the twelve, were Jesus' twelve closest followers. Each of them played a major part in the movement of Christianity to help spread the gospel throughout the world. Now, the name of the twelve were found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and in Acts. And the name of these twelve were Simon, who was also named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John Philip Bartholomew Matthew Thomas James the son of Alphaeus Simon who was also called the zealot Judas the son of James and Judas Iscariot which was the traitor all right so you have the 12 major disciples and they are found as i said in the gospels of Matthew Mark and Luke and it appears that Jesus called these 12 Disciples aside for a special purpose and official appointment, the list in Acts occurs after Jesus ascends to heaven and the believers decide to pl- replace Judas Iscariot while waiting for the Holy Spirit. The apostles are generally listed in order of importance and paired according to their associations. The main exception is Andrew. He's the brother to Peter, who was most prominent disciple, but Andrew was less important than James and John who were also part of Jesus' most inner circle. Jesus had a lot of followers. At times, thousands of people would gather to hear him, teach, and see what he could do. The twelve apostles were his closest disciples. But three members of the twelve were closer than anyone else. Peter, James, and John. Together they witnessed miracles and moments that the other disciples did not get a chance to see. This included the time that Jesus raised the girl from the dead in Mark five thirty-five through thirty-four, the transfiguration that took place with Matthew seventeen one through thirteen, and Jesus' moment of weakness in the Garden of Gethsemane Matthew twenty-six thirty-six through thirty-four. So let's first look at Peter, in the Gospels, Peter is portrayed as always speaking his mind. And his actions are impulse. In the book of Acts, Peter's decisive transformation into someone of the early Christian consistently rely on and turn to. Peter was also originally known as Simon, but Jesus gave him the nickname of Caiaphas. John 1:42, which translates to Peter meaning rock. In the New Testament, Peter was known for walking on the water, uh, disavowing Jesus to avoid persecution, addressing the crowd at Pentecost, and envisioning a church which includes Jews and Gentiles together, and becoming the pillar of the church. As one of the three disciples, who he was closest to Jesus, Peter got to witness miracles and moments that other apostles never had a chance to see. As I mentioned before, raising the girl from the dead, the transfiguration, and the moment of weakness in Garcimede. But did Peter write all the books in the Bible? Peter did not write any of the four Gospels himself, but he played a major role in all of them, a tradition that the Gospel of Mark recorded Peter's account of Jesus' ministry through his companionship. Mark the Evangelist, who was widely believed to be the same person as John Mark. Two books of the Bible claimed to be written by Peter as 1 Peter and 2 Peter. But the scholars debate whether he wrote the books himself or had them dictated by a secretary, or if he even wrote it at all. Numerous texts claim to be written about or even by Peter, but the churches have rejected it because they cannot verify if Peter actually wrote the books. So how did Peter die? According to tradition, Peter was crucified by Emperor Nero around 64 AD, around the time that the Great Fire of Rome which Nero blamed the Christians. In the Acts of Peter claims, he asked to be crucified upside down because he didn't believe he was worthy of dying the same death as Jesus. So looking at Peter's life at the beginning of one of the 12 disciples, we see where Peter played an important part during the ministry of Jesus. Next, I want to look at James. James is the son of Zebia, one of the least three importance of the New Testament figures, right? Even though there's other disciples named James, which was a pretty common name, this plus the fact that the Bible tells us little about anything about James, which leads to a lot of confusion to the identity over the centuries. This James is often referred to as James the greater, which distinguished him from James, the son of Alphaeus, which was considered also James the less. Okay. So this is talking about James, which is the greater or the bigger James. But what did James do in the Bible? Mark tells us that Jesus nicknamed James and John the son of thunder, Mark 317. Unfortunately, he does not tell us what the nickname means, but where it come from, but what led for this type of uh, nickname. But in the Bible, James, the son of Zebia, is also known for Asking Jesus if he and John should call down fire from heaven to destroy the village which fell to show them hospitality. Asking Jesus if he and John could sit on either side of Jesus in the throne of heaven and unwillingly uh, promise to follow Jesus into martyrdom. And being martyrs by Harold when Harold killed him. So how did James die? James is the only disciple which martyrdom is recorded in the Bible from Acts 12 to. Herod had him killed by the sword in which he was likely beheaded. The death of Judas was also recorded in the Bible, but under different circumstances. So we can see where. James had influence, maybe some impact, but not as much as the other disciples that we'll get into. Okay, so now we turn to John. Like his brother James, John was given the nickname the Son of Thunder. Whether it was for his explosive temper, his speech, his ambition, or something else, James and John had some defining qualities in common. As I identified with James, John was a part of asking jesus to rain down fire to destroy the village that did not show them hospitality also asking jesus if they could sit on each side of him in the throne in heaven but also john was known for taking care of jesus mother mary and beating peter in a race to jesus's empty tomb and being a pillar of the church but did john write any of the books of the bible Five books of the Old Testament are attributed to someone named John. According to tradition, the Apostle John wrote all of them, more than any other of the member of the Twelve. The Gospel of John has claimed to be written by a beloved disciple. Many early Christians assumed that it was John, the son of Zebedee, so much that so much of the book was named after him. 1 John, 2 John, and 3 John simply claims the elder as the author. Early Christians believed the elder's name was John, and many assumed that it was the same John as the part of the Twelve. But in Revelation, claims have been written by a man named John on the island of Papmas. Again, throughout the ages, Christians have commonly assumed John of Patmos being the same as John, the son of Zebedee. But were they really? But which of any of these books were wrote largely depend on who you identify with. Do you identify with John the Apostle or John that we're talking about right now? Okay, the scholars have been having mixed conclusions for years over who wrote the books. Tradition says that John is the disciple who Jesus loved. In the Gospel of John, John is never mentioned by name in the Gospel. The disciple who Jesus loved appeared to be one of the most prominent disciples to sit next to him at the Passover meal, and Peter often deferred to him. At the end of the Gospel, we see the author makes it clear that he is the disciple who Jesus loved. This disciple who testified to these things and wrote them down, we know from his testimony being true. John 21 24. So, how did John die? According to the traditions, John died of old age, a rare but possible feat among the apostles, who were mostly martyred. Interestingly, John records that Peter asked Jesus what would happen to John, and Jesus said, it's none of your business, which could also be taken as Jesus had a different plan for him. Peter turned and saw that the disciple who Jesus loved was following him. This was the one that leaned back against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me because of this, the rumor spread among believers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? John twenty one twenty three through 23. Traditions hold that he preached in Ephesus and he was ex- uh, exiled to the island of Patmos where he wrote the book of Revelation. Returning to Ephesus, he died of an old age at 98 AD. Some importance of the early Christian writers claim to learn directly from John himself, including Uh, in Samaria, and in Antioch. What I find most fascinating so far, looking at these three men, were these were Jesus' closest inner circle, right? Peter, James, and John. They were there witnessing the miracles when other disciples were not there. They were a part of the most inner circle or inner sanctum for Jesus. And... It's amazing to see how these men lived their lives and how they carried out the gospel and kept spreading the good news. But now when we turn and we look at Andrew, which is Simon Peter's brother, like his brother, he was a fisherman. According to the gospel of John, Andrew was the first disciple Jesus called. And while Peter gets all the credit for recognizing Jesus as the Messiah, Andrew not only brought Peter to Jesus, but he told him Jesus was the Messiah. In the Gospels of John, it's pretty clear where Peter first got the idea that Jesus was the Messiah. All right, The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and to tell him, we have found the Messiah and brought him to Jesus. John 1, 41, 42. But this is the kind of story of Andrew's life. Whenever he and Peter are mentioned together, Andrew was always mentioned second, and he always referred to Peter's brother. But Peter never referred to Andrew's brother, indicating that Andrew was the youngest and least important. But before he was called by Jesus, Andrew was a disciple of Jesus' cousin, John the Baptist. The next day, John was there again with the two disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this they followed jesus turning around jesus saw them following and asked what do you want they said rabbi where are you staying come he replied you will see so they went and they saw where he was staying and where they spent the day with him and it was about four in the afternoon andrew simon peter's brother was one of the two that heard what John had said and followed Jesus. John 1, 35-40. Something I find interesting, when you look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they do not give us an account of Andrew's calling. Instead, they suggest Andrew was called in the same time Peter, James, and John were. Because when they were fishing and they were cleaning out their nets, Luke never mentioned Andrew being there. Many would say that this represented an obvious uh, contradiction to the Bible, but it was possibly for both of these accounts to be true. In John's account of feeding the 5,000, Andrew is the disciple who finds the boy with five loaves of bread and two fish. John was the only gospel writer who cared enough to give him a shout-out for that, to give him the credit. Later, when the group of Greeks wanted to see Jesus, they came to Philip And for some reason, Philip deferred the decision to Andrew. Now, there were some Greeks among them who went up to worship at the festival. And they came to Philip, who was from uh, Galilee, and requested, Sir, they said, we would like to see Jesus. And Philip went to tell Andrew. Andrew and Philip then turned and told Jesus. This is found in John 12, 20-22. But in Mark 13, Peter, James, and John, and Andrew, shares a private moment with Jesus and ask him about the destruction of the temple. Since Peter, James, and John are clearly Jesus' closest disciples, this suggests that Andrew is pretty important to Jesus too. This plus the fact that Philip wanted Andrew to decide what to do about the Greeks in John 12 could indicate that Andrew held a position of leadership among the disciples. The Bible does not tell us much else about Andrew, but while there are plenty of church traditions to fill in the details with his life and his ministry, much of it is rooted in the legacies and the text that was written about him later. So the question is, how did Andrew die? Some claim that Andrew was crucified by the Greek city of Patras around 60 A.D., just like Peter, he did not consider himself worthy of dying the same way of Jesus. Instead, he was bound to an X-shaped cross, which became the symbol of Saint Andrew's cross. According to the Acts of Andrew, he hung there for three days, preaching the entire time. So so far, we've looked at four of the twelve disciples: Peter, James, John, and Andrew. We can see the significance of them in the Bible in the scriptures, and what they did along with Jesus. Just as the inner circle being Peter, James, and John, as I shared a few moments ago, that it's clear that Andrew meant a lot to Jesus. So even though, like I said, there was the inner circle, I believe that Andrew still played a very important part during the ministry and during the time that the disciples were together. The last disciple I want to look at today is Philip. Philip is an apostle that's only mentioned eight times in the New Testament, four of them which are listed of the apostles. However, there are three other people named Philip in the New Testament too. Two are sons of King Herod, and the other Philip is an evangelist, who is often mistaken as Philip the apostle even early on. Even though there are two important believers named Philip in the New Testament, it is little surprising that the early church mixed them up. In Acts, Philip the Evangelist is clearly distinguished from the Twelve. So the Twelve gathered and the disciples together said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you who to be known, filled with the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them, and they will give attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, Philip, Procreus, Nicanor, Timon, and Nicholas from Antioch. They presented each of the men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them, Acts 6, 2-6. through Later, Peter the Evangelist is referred to one of the seven. Not an apostle or one of the twelve, still the early church mixed them up. And their mistakes were often passed down, making it difficult to be sure which traditions actually applied to Philip the Apostle. One of the few details the Bible gives us about Philip the Apostle is like Peter and Andrew. It comes from the sea of galilee the town near it later some greek men wanted to see jesus so they came to philip first presumably because they knew he was from the same town as them possibly because he also spoke greek the best philip's most notable moment in the gospels is his role of bringing nathaniel to jesus nathaniel is only mentioned in the gospel of john but many assume that this is another name for Bartholomew because Jesus appeared to consider him one of the twelve, John 21, 2. Bartholomew is never mentioned in the book of John. Philip and Bartholomew are always listed together and they are closely associated with church traditions. In any case, Nathaniel followed Jesus as a result of Philip's invitation to come and see him. The one Moses wrote about in the laws about the prophet was also wrote in John 1, 45-46. The only other mentions of Philip in the Bible occurs in John. When Jesus tests Philip by asking where they should buy bread to feed the 5,000 people, Philip asked Jesus to show them God the Father, and Jesus responded saying, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father in luke nine fifty six through sixty two the parallel passage to matthew eight eighteen through twenty two an unnamed person asked to bury his father before he shows Jesus and Jesus replied, "Let the dead bury the own dead, but go and proclaim the kingdom of God." But how did Philip die? Philip likely died in the first century, probably around 80 AD, but the traditions vary and widely on how he died. There is still much confusion about Philip and Philip the Evangelist. One of the traditions says he died of natural causes, but others suggest that he was stoned to death or beheaded or crucified upside down. The early accounts from the Acts of Philip, which contains legends about Philip's ministry, according to the text, he was crucified upside down with Bartholomew. Philip preached to the crowd while hanging on the cross, and they wanted to release the two disciples, but Philip told them to free Bartholomew and leave him hanging there. So all the mystery with Philip in the Bible, it's interesting when we're able to pull out this type of information. And so it's exciting for me to be able to to share this through research and stuff of this manner. And I'm looking forward to, to getting back into this um, as we pick up next time with Bartholomew. Because I believe as we see with the rest of the disciples, and then we get into additional people that is mentioned in the Bible, we could see how all these men came together for the ministry and for spreading the gospel across the world. So thank you so much for taking time um, to spend it with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm hoping and praying you're enjoying what you're hearing. Um, If you want to follow us, follow us on our social media, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Go to jesusandacupofjoe.com. You can find all the information there. You can watch our YouTube videos and uh, subscribe, follow, and share. But thank you so much for listening. I look forward to coming back next time. And finishing up with the disciples. But just remember, you always start your day with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless.